We are happy for the Miami Heat because their jerseys have the drip. I mean, it's tough losing to a team that doesn't have a name. Because uh, I'll tell you right now, hand to the Bible, I'm not taking a tight end in the first round. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I am your co-host, Justin Wright, and I'm joined by my rock-solid, ever-present co-host, Jared Miller. How are you doing today, Jared? Uh, I'm doing great, Justin. i am got to ask, do you come up with a new adjective to describe me every time we do this? Uh, I try. I try to keep it fresh. Because so far, I don't think you've repeated yourself yet, and I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen, honestly. <laughs> I know I've said stalwart. I guess it called you my permanent co-host. I don't remember. Uh, whatever you call me, I'm always here. And we've <laughs> got a busy uh, slate of topics to discuss on this one. We sure do. It's It's been a heck of a week in sports. It really has. Uh, probably the most busy sport. September in sports in my lifetime. Yeah, I don't think uh, usually we have NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup finals, and the NFL starting. Yeah, the NFL starting and NBA all in the same, gosh, all in the same couple of weeks. Holy cow. Yeah, you know, we went so long without sports and then we got it all, an ejection of it all back into arm at once. It's awesome though. I love it. It's great. I, I am super happy about it. So I guess let's just jump into it. Uh, The first thing we wanted to talk about, give a shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning, your 2020 Stanley Cup champions. I am pretty happy. I'm not a a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, but they are from Tampa Bay. So I feel like that connection with the Buccaneers, I got to root for them if I see them. Although if they play the Kraken in the next year, yeah, it's all about the Kraken. You know, I was going to say, I feel kind of bad because I told myself this year, I'm definitely going to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs and watch it more. And I really didn't more than I normally do. Uh, I know that's going to change when the Kraken get out there in a couple of years. But uh, yeah, it was awesome to see Tampa Bay win that over Dallas. I have nothing against Dallas, of course. Uh, I think two very phenomenal teams made it to the finals, but it, it got me thinking, you know, you, last year Tampa Bay suffered that embarrassing opening round sweep at the hands mm-hmm. of the eight mm-hmm. seed Columbus Blue Jackets. And for them to come back and rebound the way they did to run the table this year and win it all, uh, it's something we're seeing more of in sports. It made me think of, of March Madness a couple of years ago when UMBC, the 16th <laughs> seed out of Baltimore County, beat the number one overall seed, Virginia. And then the next year, Virginia went and they won the national championship. You know, those sorts of extreme embarrassing losses, I think, can really light a fire under a team. And I think that's what you saw here with Tampa Bay. I think it speaks volumes that they started this year, first round of the playoffs, the same as they did last year, except this time they flipped the script. They won. They didn't get swept. And they went on, and when they won that first round, I was like, okay, I think they're taking it all this year. And they certainly did. The Stars have nothing to feel bad about, though. They played excellent hockey throughout that final. They even took down some teams that they weren't necessarily supposed to, and they should be proud of how they played in the playoffs. And I think the Stars are going to be a team to watch, you know, next year. Well, and you want to talk about a resilient team. You know, Dallas was the epitome of that this year. They started this season – you know, it probably feels like three years ago now with everything that's gone on, but they started this NHL season one, seven and one. That was their record to start. You mm-hmm. know, that's a horrid start, probably one of the worst in hockey. And then they went 11, Oh, and one following that uh, they fired their head coach. They lost the last six games of the regular season. And then they still made it to the Stanley cup finals. That's pretty incredible. It is very incredible. You know, so- I think this, situation has showed us that uh you know the situation that teams are put in teams can rise to the occasion and regardless of what you know things look like in the regular season when it gets time to playoffs you know you see different different versions of players the one I always think of not to switch it off of hockey but is Blake Bortles in the playoffs he played better than he ever did in the regular season I think we we've seen that with hockey this year where we've been seeing it with the NBA um that teams that 
you know, wouldn't be there regularly have played their hearts out. It's, uh, you know, people use that old cliche. It's a whole new season when the postseason starts, and it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, ju- I just got to give a ton of credit to Dallas. Uh, but, again, a ton of credit also, obviously, to Tampa Bay. Uh, I believe that's the franchise's second Stanley Cup, winning the last one in 2015. So not too far removed. but uh, no, not at all. Well, well deserved. Congratulations yep. to the Lightning. And they, you know, after they choked last year, there's people that said, hey, just start over. Uh, that they didn't believe that core could win a championship, that they, they weren't mentally strong enough, they weren't physically gifted enough, and, well, here we are. This will be a nice little transition to our next topic. You kind of mentioned it, the Lightning's in-city connection with the Buccaneers. It's not just the Buccaneers and the Lightning that are having quite the sports year for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, those Tampa Bay Rays in baseball, they they are a lot of people's hot pick to go to the World Series this year, too. That would be oh, huge. Yeah. That would be huge for the city. Absolutely. It, it's starting to feel – man, maybe it's just because Tom Brady's there. It's starting to feel like a lot like Boston. We're just winning everything down there. You know, maybe Brady, <laughs> maybe Brady bought, brought that Boston winning culture to Tampa Bay with him. Maybe. I like a winning culture on the Buccaneers, that's for sure, and I don't mind it for Tampa Bay at all. I guess with that, let's just get right into the baseball. Yeah, let's playoffs. roll into the MLB. Yeah, so baseball playoffs are starting Tuesday. It's going to look a lot different this year than it normally has. You know, instead of the normal 10-team playoff that MLB usually puts in front of us in October, we have a 16-team playoff this year. That's more than half the league getting in, honestly. And, of course, even with that, <laughs> I know even, with, that's going. <laughs> even with that, your Seattle Mariners couldn't make it. But that's all right because I almost didn't want to make it this year. I want to make it in a year where it wouldn't be looked upon as an asterisk. So, Honestly, Jared – with the way that the Mariners were playing the season, even with the expanded playoffs, do you think they even had a shadow of a hope to get in? You know, no, they didn't. And I wouldn't have wanted them to anyway, because they were probably got embarrassed by whoever they played first. I honestly, at certain points in the season, I just have to turn off my notifications because it's just too depressing to get, <laughs> get ding Mariners up two one. I'm like, awesome. Ding. Oh, it's tied two two. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, no, it's 5-2 it's two, or 2-5. Two, Mariners are losing. Yeah, that's, that's really how it goes. And any Mariners fan out there listening, uh, you, you know that pain. So let's, let's forget about the Mariners' pain uh, for another offseason now. And let's, <laughs> let's focus on the playoff matchups we have here in the first round of the MLB playoffs. And normally, the wild card as the first round is it's, it's normally a single game. Okay, so, and, and it's brutally nerve-wracking. One of my favorite sayings in baseball for those wildcard teams is you, you usually play 162 games for the right to fight for one more. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year, the wildcard round is a best-of-three series. So it makes it a little more interesting, and it makes it a little more fair to teams – who had their season shortened to 60 games. Mm-hmm. We'll just get into those matchups real quick. And we'll start in the American league. We've got the three seed Minnesota twins versus the six seed Houston Astros. Uh, we'll try not to dive too much into the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> We've done that a couple times on this show. Uh, I think anyone who's listened to us for a while now knows what our thoughts on that are. I will say that this is the first time since 2016 the Astros did not win the AL West, and it's really funny what happens when you don't know what pitches are coming your way. I'll just say (laughs) that. It's a little tougher to just uh, know what to do. Yeah, so the Astros are playing the Twins, like I said, and I've I've got a soft spot in my heart for the Twins. I I have ever since I took a trip to Minneapolis – about a year ago now. I met some really cool Twins fans there. I was actually at a bar one night. Shout out to the Bunkhouse in Minneapolis. That's where I was. I met some people. They had a Twins game on. Uh, It was really cool to just be watching a professional sports team of a city you're in. So I really like the Twins. I'm rooting for them. That being said, they've got a tough matchup here with the Astros because you might not know this, but the Twins have a MLB record 17 game postseason losing streak. 
Ooh. right now that that that's, uh, that's not good odds no that is including tuesday's loss to the astros they lost four to one so they've got to win both of these now if they're going to move on and by the time you guys are hearing this since game two is on wednesday that series might already be over so i listening to this though i think i think the twins are just the better team honestly i think i think they beat the astros here you're going with the twins I, I am going with the Twins, and the thing that kind of put me over the top, I, and as much as I don't think the Astros deserve to be here after what they did, they do have a talented team, which is what they should have relied on in the first place, but I digress. But honestly, I think the Twins are just in a more talented division, and I think honestly that their stronger schedule is going to allow them to continue to play stronger in the postseason. I, I would agree with that. And the Twins do have the better record too than the Astros. Mm-hmm. They're 36 and 24. The Astros are 29 and 31. Minnesota has been a really good home team this year. And Houston's been a notoriously bad road team, actually. And it's kind of funny that game one was in Minneapolis and the Twins lost. So it kind of flipped that script. One player that I think people should keep their eyes on for the Twins is uh, Nelson Cruz. He, <laughs> I, and I know a lot about him as a Mariners fan. He played for Seattle for four years. He was by far our team's MVP in a couple of those seasons. And he's a perennial nightmare in the American League as a designated hitter. He finished this year with 56 hits, 16 home runs and 33 RBIs. He's a six-time, wow. yeah, he's a six-time All-Star, and it doesn't come by chance. You know, that's a that's a thing that you get purely on talent. Exactly. So Nelson Cruz is a monster. He was for Seattle. He was for Texas, and he has been for Minnesota. So I would keep an eye on him in that in that matchup. And if the Twins advance, I'd keep an eye on him moving forward. So I'm excited to see what the Twins can do. Me too. So moving down in the American League, another matchup I'm super excited for because it features a team that has not been in the playoffs for quite some time. Uh, the Chicago White Sox versus the Oakland Athletics. I think this uh I think this will be a good series, honestly. I think they're both talented teams. Um I'm naturally inclined to lean White Sox though, because I don't know if I've ever told you this actually, Jared. But when I was in middle school and the first time I even kind of started to pay attention well I'd paid attention I guess before but I I had a bunch of friends that were White Sox fans so I felt like I needed to be a White Sox fan too and I followed them for a little bit in middle school and they were always a team that I'd choose when my brother and I would play uh, it was like MLB 07 or something like that but I I, I loved the White Sox I, di- I didn't really know much about them but I was okay. like oh, I love the White Sox so there's a special place in my heart for it but the Mariners are, are my true team, my true love, if you will. <laughs> it's funny that you have that soft spot in your heart for the White Sox, and I have it for the Twins. And something you said about the Twins playing in that really talented AL Central, uh, mm-hmm. so, do the, so do the White Sox. And they, yes, they do. You know, they're coming in as a seven seed, and that didn't mean anything on Tuesday because they went in and they beat Oakland in game one behind a really stellar pitching performance from pitcher Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito is one of only two pitchers in baseball to have thrown a no-hitter this year. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah, he threw a no-hitter, I want to say it was back in early August. He had another strong performance on Tuesday afternoon. He took a perfect game into the seventh inning, actually, against the Athletics, and he only gave up two hits and struck out eight batters in that game one win. Wow. Wow. So he's on fire. If the White Sox end up advancing, that was going to be my player to watch for them. And precisely because of what he did on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm rooting for the White Sox too for a couple reasons. I love rooting for teams, especially in baseball, that have not been for a long time. The White Sox haven't been in the playoffs since 2008. So it's 12 years for them. And I can't bring myself to root for Oakland because they play in the AL West. Oakland actually won the division this year. I would much rather them win the division than Houston, but I can't bring myself to root for an AL West <laughs> team unless, of course, they're playing the Yankees. I'll pretty much root for anybody that plays against the Yankees, to be honest. Well, we'll get to them here in yeah, a we'll second. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, unfortunately, Gasp, they are in the playoffs again as well. Yes, shocker. But, uh, yeah, that Oakland 
Chicago White Sox series. White Sox are up one nothing, and it's one that intrigues me also, and I'm definitely pulling for the Sox as well, Justin. Uh, if it can't be the Mariners, I'd like it to be the White Sox at least. White Sox would be cool. White Sox haven't been – they've only been to the World Series once, and that was in 2005. They actually played the Houston Astros, who were at that time part of the National League. So it tells you how long ago it was since they've sniffed a World Series. So well, maybe they can repeat it. That'd be awesome. I think that'd be really cool. That's one nice thing about having the Mariners never be in the playoffs. I can pick and choose who I root for. <laughs> let's move down the list, though. Uh, let's get to Tampa Bay, who we've touched on a little bit. The Rays are the number one seed in the American League. That's pretty impressive. That's they, pretty darn impressive. They finished with an AL best regular season record of 40 and 20, and they are playing their division rivals, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays are a team that we've kind of talking about it with Dallas and hockey. You want to talk about trials and tribulations they've had to go through this season. They couldn't play any home games this year. Yeah, no I can't imagine how those players have felt this year. They have risen to the occasion in a phenomenal way. You know, they found out just days before the start of this season that uh, from the Canadian government, sorry, uh, you can't play in Rogers Center up here in Canada. You're going to have to find temporary hosts down in America to play. And they tried getting a deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates to play in PNC Park. Uh, that fell through. Mm -hmm. There was talks that they were going to maybe try something with Baltimore. And what they ended up having to do was play all their home games, quote unquote, at their AAA affiliates stadium, the Buffalo Bisons. Oh, I can't imagine that was uh, the nicest facility for them. I'm sure it's a fine facility, but there's a difference between AAA and MLB. Yep, exactly. And uh, they made it work. They strung together a 32 and 28 record and by golly, the Blue Jays made the playoffs. So they are playing Tampa Bay, like we said, their division rival. That's going to make that series automatically interesting. Uh, I will say, though, Tampa Bay is already up one nothing in that series as well, thanks to Tuesday's results. They had a nice win in game one. And if we're being completely candid here, uh, Tampa Bay is my pick to go to the World Series from the American League. It's kind of a weird thing to say since they're a franchise that has only been to the World Series once. But Tampa Bay, this just feels like, you know, they're, they're a team with such tremendous depth at pitching in their bullpen. And I think that that's kind of been their saving grace all season in a season like this. And it's always a key factor in the playoffs. You know, which team has the longevity and can put out the most talent behind the mound for as long as they possibly can. That's exactly what your Tampa Bay Rays have, and that's why they're my pick to go to the World Series. Uh, I would agree. I really foresee them doing well, honestly. And, yeah, going to the series, if, if not winning it, to be honest. My pick, and I think a lot of people's pick for a World Series this year would be the Dodgers versus the Rays. Uh, I think they're your, your two best teams right now. And just talking about Tampa Bay pitching, one guy I would definitely keep an eye on is uh, Tyler Glasnow. He finished this season with a 4.08 ERA. Uh, not terrible, not fantastic, but he had 91 strikeouts and only 22 walks. And in his decision games, he had a 5-1 and one record, I should say, in the 11 games he played. Uh, he is just making his second postseason appearance. He pitched in two games in the playoffs last year for the Rays, but both of those times they lost to Houston. Uh, but he, he was a guy on that pitching rotation that jumped out to me. But, of course, you also have guys like Snell, who pitched on Tuesday, pitched well. The Rays are just tremendous, tremendously gifted at pitcher. They're deep, and I mm -hmm. think that's what's going to carry them. A, a good pitching performance can do wonders for a team. Here's a question for you, though as our resident Tampa Bay fan, mm -hmm. if the Rays go and win the World Series after the Lightning just won the Stanley Cup, does that set things up for your Buccaneers? Oh, I'd like to say that it does. We just got to follow strong after an appearance like that, an appearance like that from the hockey and the, uh, the baseball side of things, honestly. So I will say I think the city of Tampa Bay handles these victories maybe a little bit better than a certain uh, Philadelphia city. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you don't have to grease light poles in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't you... know they had to do that. Yeah, before the Super Bowl. 
You don't remember that? No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they, uh, they, I'm pretty sure the city had to grease up the light poles because they knew win or lose, Eagles oh fans were going <laughs> to climb them. That's amazing. <laughs> and uh, I think one guy was still able to climb one anyway. You know, you can't stop those Eagles fans when they're in celebration. No, they're they um, they a, a determined bunch. Well, you know, they're not going to have to worry about it in baseball this year. Phillies didn't make it. Not to take shots at Eagles fans, but – with the way things are going in football, they might not have to worry about it with that either. Ooh, oh, man, hot takes. Hot. We'll get to that. We've got some yeah, words yeah, to say yeah, we'll, about we'll get there. the Eagles in this one. But anyway, back to baseball. Last matchup in the American League, I don't mean this in a mean way. It was just probably the matchup of these four that intrigued me the least. Uh, the Cleveland Indians versus the New York Yankees. You know, I'm automatically kind of turned off to things when I see the Yankees, but Cleveland's the four seed. Yankees are the five. Last I saw on Tuesday night, the Yankees were putting a beating on Cleveland too in game one. Unfortunately, they're probably going to advance. They've got some extremely talented hitters on that team. You've got guys like Aaron Judge, DJ LeMahieu, who actually had MLB's best batting average this year of 364, 71 hits, 10 home runs. The Yankees are bringing it again. I just hope someone can stop them before they get to the uh, World Series. I hope so as well. I am not a huge uh, Yankees fan, as neither are you, but... No, nope. You know, the Yankees feel very much like the Cowboys to me. You either Mm -hmm. love them or you hate them. Pulling for Cleveland, but my pick would probably be the Yankees in that one. And let's move on to the National League side of the bracket. Now, this is the side of the bracket that I'm really excited about because it does feature quite a few teams that haven't been in in a long time. And let's start with probably the matchup of the entire first round that I'm going to be most apt to tune into, the Chicago Cubs versus the Miami Marlins. Those should be some really good games to watch. And if – you know, you know how baseball players and fans are with their history and their superstitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this should be a series that sends tremors down the spines of Cubs fans, and I will tell you why. Tell me why, Jared. Tell me why. So, first off, the Marlins have only been to the postseason twice in their franchise history, okay? 1997 and 2003. Both times they won the World Series. Ooh. Miami's never to- lost a postseason series. It's crazy. That's pretty that's a that's a good record to hold. You know, 100% is a pretty pretty solid record. Yeah. Cubs fans, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say, and you probably know what I'm about to say. The last time the Marlins were in the playoffs in 2003, they played the Chicago Cubs in the National League Championship Series. The Cubs had the Marlins dead to rights until game 6 when a certain fan by the name of Steve Bartman accidentally or not even accidentally just reached out to try to catch a foul ball and apparently got in the way where enough Cubs fans thought that he could have or that uh, Moises Alou the outfielder at the time could have made the play got the out Uh, Justin have you heard about this I don't think I have actually it's a it's a it's the thing that really gave life to the curse of the Cubs so if I remember correctly, and there's a whole uh, 30 for 30 documentary about it on ESPN. It's called Catching Hell. I would highly recommend it. It's, I'll have to watch that. It's one of my favorite ones. But the Cubs were playing the Marlins. It was game six. It was in Chicago in Wrigley Field. And if I remember correctly, the Cubs were up seven to nothing. And this was like the seventh or eighth inning. He did that, knocked the ball away. The Cubs were pleading that it was fan interference. And of course, this guy was a Cubs fan. He would never purposely try to do anything that would negatively affect the Cubs. But then the entire stadium turned on this poor guy, like to the point where he had to be escorted out by security for his own safety. Oh, wow. And people were throwing drinks at him and they were saying awful things. And then on the field, the Cubs imploded. They gave up eight runs after that before they could get out of the inning. They lost the game to Miami, and then they lost the next night, game seven to Miami. And people said, this is the curse of the Billy Goat. This is the curse that the Cubs are plagued with. This is exactly what that was. 
and it was probably one of the most infamous playoff games of all time. And the Marlins, of course, went on to win the World Series that year. And that's the very first thing I thought of when I saw this matchup, Cubs versus Marlins. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm pulling for Miami again because not only do I love a team, like I said, who hasn't been in for a while, uh, you know, Cubs fans, you got your curse broken in 2016. It's time to give it up to an uh, underdog again. I don't know if we're going to have anything that crazy go on this time. But I, I certainly hope we do, because that'll make some good stories. Well, you can bet that this is going to be talked about. It's just, I just found it very funny oh, yeah. that that's who they got. That's, that's really cool. That's some, that's some cool baseball history that I, didn't, I wasn't aware of. I, I, I think I heard about it when, when it happened, maybe, and then I kind of just maybe just forgot. Or... It was a huge deal. Yeah, it was a huge deal. I remember hearing it about it a little bit. And back at the time, you know, as a little guy, I had no interest at all in baseball, really. And mm-hmm. – uh, I, st- I still remember hearing about it a little bit. And uh, yeah, like I said, I would definitely recommend that documentary to anyone who hasn't seen it yet. And if you don't know about the story, it's a fascinating story. And it's probably, I don't know if I believe in curses as a Mariners fan, actually I do, but if there was, if there was, <laughs> if there was ever real life evidence of a curse, it probably was that night in Wrigley Field. I don't know if we're going to see that again. Like I said, I would love to see the Marlins win. I do. If I had to take, make a pick on logic, I would pick the Cubs Uh, there. I just think they're a more talented team. But if you remember, it was this Marlins team that gave everyone in the baseball world a scare earlier this season with the outbreak that happened on their team of COVID. Oh, that's right. You know, where many thought they wouldn't even be able to finish a season. They had so many games postponed again, much kind of like we were talking about with the Blue Jays, uh, this team overcame a lot of adversity and they're in the playoffs and I don't know how you couldn't root for them. I I will say after that outbreak, they clearly focused up and kind of got their act together. They've made it to the postseason, so it clearly paid off. My gut tells me I want to go with the Marlins, but I don't know. I, I, I think the Cubs are probably maybe a little bit better of a team, but I'm going to say the Marlins. Yeah, well, and you know us here at the Expansion Buddies. We love our aesthetics, and Justin knows this. I bought a Miami Marlins hat for their throwback mm-hmm. logo. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite hats still. I wear it around. Uh, so if we're going purely aesthetics, which we do often here, <laughs> let's go Marlins. Man, I, what is Marlins it? have some very nice stuff. You know, what is it about Miami that has jerseys and colors we like? I know. I the know. Heat? The Heat, the Marlins, Dolphins need to get it in gear a little bit. but The, Dol- the Dolphins have some okay things. They've got a good couple color scheme to work with, at least. They're, they're all right, but of the Miami teams, it's they're, they're, they're at the bottom of the barrel. The yeah. Heat are clearly in first place. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Heat jerseys are so nice. Carried them to the NBA Finals. Clearly, you know, like we talked about, was that last week or the week before? Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks should have been wearing them Creed City jerseys. Yeah. It, That's why know, they lost. Look it's good, obvious. play good. Look good, feel good, play good. Yes, sir. Let's move down the list. Number two seed, Atlanta Braves. They get matched up with the seven seed, Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds have not been to the playoffs since 2013. And when they were then, they lost the wild card game to Pittsburgh, their division rival. I'm really pulling for the Reds in this one. They're another team that uh, we've talked about them on the podcast a little bit. Not for a good reason. Uh, for what happened with their announcer they've had some really Mm. bad publicity as far as that's concerned yeah you always hear the phrase any publicity is good publicity it's not the case no so I think they're obviously wanting to distance themselves as much as they can with that I think they've done a pretty good job of it and I think if there's any guy on this team that's going to help them do that is uh, Trevor Bauer pitcher who is probably one of the more entertaining guys in the sport right now. He's very much like the Pat McAfee of baseball. Well, I do like Pat McAfee. And Pat McAfee likes this young man. He has said so several times on his show. Trevor Bauer has been one of the most outspoken individuals in baseball about the Astros cheating scandal. He has not minced words about it, which is why I almost hope, just for that sake, that the Reds make the world series against the Astros. Now, obviously I don't want the Astros to go, but if they did, uh, we would have a very similar situation 
that we did with Joe Kelly and the Astros earlier in the year, I think. Bauer is a he's a uh, rambunctious dude. We'll say that. And he's not a bad pitcher either. He finished this year with a 1.73 ERA. That's second best in baseball. He had 100 strikeouts. That's third best. And he has two complete game shutouts to his name this season. So for maybe our layman baseball listeners out there, it's pretty rare for a pitcher to go all nine innings. Usually coaching staffs like to bring in their relief and about, well, it can really vary, but it, it, it's hard for a pitcher to pitch the whole game. And Bauer's done that twice this season. And not only has he done it twice, he's delivered a shutout both times. That's, that's impressive. You know, so talking about that longevity, like we were earlier a little bit with the Rays, it's also really nice to have a guy who's capable of going the distance so you don't have to dip into your bullpen necessarily. Mm-hmm. That's going to pay dividends. And Cincinnati's going to need all the help they can get against a very talented Braves squad who finished the season 35 and 25. The Braves are the NL East champions for the third consecutive season. This is a really good team, and nobody should be surprised if they end up playing in the Fall Classic later this October either. I, I don't have anything else to add. You, you, you've covered this so well. You know, I, I just, again, Cincinnati was one of those teams I was super excited to see them make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, that's one cool thing about this expanded playoff. We're getting to see teams that probably normally wouldn't make it get their chance, and I think that's awesome. You know, Jared, I got to say, it's tough to talk back with you sometimes about bat or baseball because you just have such a passion and a love for it. it it puts me in awe every time but your knowledge is so deep that i i can't even scratch the surface well and and listeners i'm sorry i'm being very quiet and i feel like everything i say is you know somewhat hollow but i just honestly i i can't add much he jared is covering this so well and so in depth that I, I don't have anything to hat after he talks. You know, Justin's right. I do have a, a love for baseball. I get super giddy every spring when spring training gets here. It's definitely right up there as my favorite sport, right with football. I just think it's a, it's a beautiful game. And I think that, I don't know, there's just nothing like a baseball game to me. I love playoff time because playoff time – is really the only time of year I feel like that baseball is put in the national spotlight as far as sports goes. And yeah, I just love it. I love it. If you haven't noticed by now. So let's, uh, let's move on to the second to last matchup. We have the Los Angeles Dodgers, the one seed versus the Milwaukee Brewers, the eighth seed. This is going to be a David Goliath type matchup because the Dodgers finished this year with MLB's best record of 43 and 17. Brewers are coming in at 29 and 31. This is of course a rematch of the 2018 NLCS, which the Dodgers won in seven games to advance to the world series. But the question that should be looming on everyone's mind here for the Dodgers, especially is can Clayton Kershaw finally pitch well in the playoffs? (laughs) You know, he is a, Tried and tested superstar in the league. I don't think anyone can argue that. He's an eight-time All-Star, three-time Cy Young Award winner. But when it comes to the postseason, he's struggled. He's got nine wins and 11 losses in his decisions in postseason games. And of the games he's appeared in for the Dodgers in the playoffs, the Dodgers are just a mere 17 and 15 in those games, barely above 500. So he's going to need to step up because I don't think Dodgers fans can take another best regular season and then falter in the playoff sort of deal. Yeah, that would, that'd be tough. They, uh, they haven't won the world series since 1988, despite having been to two of them in the last five years, maybe this will finally be the year the Dodgers can put it together. I think they can absolutely put it together here against the, uh, the Brewers. I really like Milwaukee. I like Christian Yellett, but I just don't think that they've got enough to take care of Mookie Betts whom the Dodgers got from the Red Sox and Clayton Kershaw, Corey Seager. They just, the Dodgers are too talented, I think, for the Brewers in this series. We'll definitely see, and I, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. I think they've looked good over the season. I think they're going to look good in the postseason. I will be watching them with great interest. Yes, I think uh, most people will, even if they're not super invested in them because of Like I said, can they finally uh, get over that playoff hump? We'll see. Last matchup before we move on 
from the baseball playoffs. Another one I'm super excited for, the San Diego Padres versus the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, the Padres are a team that absolutely stole my heart this season because of one man named Fernando Tatis Jr. Justin, have you heard of this kid yet? I, in fact, I think I have from you. You were telling me about it, but I'd love for you to tell me again, honestly. You told so, so well. One thing I loathe in baseball for the most part is the quote-unquote unwritten rules that keep the game pure, where you're not supposed to flip your bat. You're not supposed to do this, that, and the other. You're not supposed to have a purple shoelace when you walk out on the left side of the dugout. God, it gets that ridiculous sometimes. One such rule apparently was broken by this uh, young man, Fernando Tatis, earlier this season back in August. On August 17th, I believe it was, the Padres were playing the Texas Rangers. And the Padres were up big late in the game. And Tatis had a 3-0 count, friendly hitters count. One more ball would have put him on base. And supposedly, you're not supposed to swing away at that. He did, and he hit a grand slam. And the Rangers were not necessarily thrilled about it. They had some things to say in the post-game press conference. And that kicked off the first of four consecutive games in which the Padres hit a grand slam, becoming the first team in MLB history to do that. Uh, they earned the nickname Slam Diego because of that. And That's a good nickname. I liked it. I saw shirts with it on, and it almost made me wish I was a Padres fan a little bit. Other than the fact uh, – anyway, no, I'm not going to jab at that. Well, you know, they're another franchise that's about equally as tortured as the Mariners – I think a World Series for them would mean as much to that city as it would any city in America, any sports city. You know, talking about a city that lost their football team not that long ago. The Padres are really all they have left. And this young man, Fernando Tatis, has breathed some new life into a stagnant baseball city, or at least it has been up to this point. I am 100% pulling for the Padres. I have no ill will against the St. Louis Cardinals, but they're another team that has been in the playoffs perennially, it seems like, you know, this year's playoffs in the first round is really matchups your, of your haves and your have nots. Padres haven't been in here since 2006. I'm rooting for Slam Diego all the way, baby. I, I want to see him make it as well. Now that you said it, I, I, I shook the cobwebs out of my head and you have talked with me about it. In fact, after it happened, I think we talked about it. Mm-hmm. but this was so big i do remember on the around i was listening to an episode of the around the nfl podcast and they talked about that first grand slam and they talked about the unwritten rules that's what kind of jogged my memory and i remember after it too and this might be a little bit of foreshadowing you and i talked about doing a, a special episode talking about those unwritten rules and uh, maybe some of our thoughts on them well we, we might do that at some point uh, i'll tell you right now my thoughts on most of them is they're ridiculous if I'm being completely honest, but Padres are something special this year. And I really would love to see them go a long way. I would love to see a Marlins Padres national league championship series. That would be amazing. I I want to see that as well. I think that would be awesome. And uh, another thing to remember too, in the MLB playoffs this year, after this wild card round, these teams will not be playing home or away games. They're going to have a bubble. Also Uh, they're going to do a four city bubble between Los Angeles, San Diego, Arlington, Texas, and Houston, Texas, where at the end of it, the World Series will actually be played in Arlington, Texas this year. That's a, I think that's a good way to do it. And I think with hockey and the NBA, the bubble has shown that it's, it, it is a valid strategy to keep players and families safe. I know we got a little, we, I got a little long-winded, <laughs> long-winded about baseball here. Uh, we'll move out of it. In just a second, before we do, Justin, I've got to ask, who's your World Series matchup and pick this year? Oh, man. Let me think on that for a second. I want to hear yours. Well, I think, let me, let me hear yours. Okay, well, my matchup is going to be the Rays and the Dodgers. As far as a winner goes, I want to say the Rays. I know my buddy Michael, who's a huge Dodgers fan, probably can't take another World Series loss after suffering two of them not that long ago. You know, I'll probably pick the Dodgers to win the World Series, but I wouldn't be surprised if I was wrong as far as just the the new blood in the system, so to speak. I would love to see a team like Tampa Bay win. You know, I'm, I'm not going to stray too much off the beaten trail there either because as I think about it, I 
my my brain says that's probably going to be it, but my heart says it's going to be the Rays and the Padres. There you go. Just, just because I think that would be a, a very fun World Series. But unfortunately, it's probably going to be more like the Rays than the Dodgers. And hopefully, it's just not the Yankees. Yep, that's all we're really rooting for here is anybody but the Yankees or the Astros. Yep. All right. All right, um, let's, let's real quick, because we're already getting kind of crushed. Uh, let's talk real quick about the NBA Finals matchup that just got set. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about the NBA. I was so ready to roll into football. But, yes, let's talk about NBA. All right, so we've got the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Winner takes it all, and I would love nothing more than to see the Miami Heat hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy here in about a week. I have nothing different to say because I want them Heat to win. Yep. Now, some notable accomplishments that we're seeing already with this series. You know, this is LeBron James's now 10th NBA Finals appearance. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, His third different team. Now he's looking to win a title with his third different team and become the first NBA player to do so. Obviously he's already won one with the Miami heat and with Cleveland, and he's looking to do it with the Lakers. The Lakers have a playoff record of 12 and three, very similar to the heat actually, who also have one of 12 and three. They've looked pretty unstoppable in the West. And I know Miami's going to have a tough matchup, but the heat didn't get here by accident either. And no, no, this is, not. Speaking of Miami, this is head coach Eric Spolstra's fifth NBA final appearance now of his career. He's an even two and two in the finals up to this point. He's a phenomenal coach. I think the coaching matchup easily or advantage easily goes to Spolstra here. Uh, You know, I really think this is just going to come down to how well can the Heat and more specifically guys like Bam Adebayo defend Anthony Davis and James because Adebayo has – 13 blocks and 18 steals in the playoffs so far. Actually, 10 of those steals came against Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he's averaging 8.7 defensive boards per game. But on the flip side of that, Davis is averaging 28.1 points per game, and LeBron is like right behind him at almost 27. So that's going to really be a key matchup, I think. And I don't know. The Heat are battle-tested. They've been an underdog basically through this whole thing, it's felt like, and they just haven't cared, and they find themselves in the same spot again. And you know what? I'm going to say it now. Heat and seven. Heat and seven? I could get behind that. Um, I think, honestly, if the Heat can successfully guard LeBron James, I I don't even want to say shut him down because I don't think that that's – really truly possible love him or hate him you've got to give LeBron credit he is an incredibly talented player Mm -hmm. oh Um, I mean one of the you know generational talent obviously yeah absolutely but if they can slow him down enough to keep pace with him ultimately I think the heat can grind the that matchup out Mm -hmm. I think we're gonna have close games you know I think a key for the heat will be keeping it close keeping it within striking distance because that is when you can turn to guys like Jimmy Butler to come in clutch in those final moments of games, which he has been mm-hmm. doing all postseason and throughout the bubble. I don't know. It's going to be a great matchup, and I'm excited for it. I'm wholeheartedly pulling for the Heat, but the Lakers have kind of been the favorites to take this thing all season. You can see why, too, watching them. Yeah. You know, you got the two best teams left, I think, mm-hmm. as it should be. Not to be that guy, but I the narrative right now – that I think a lot of people would like a lot of news sources would like to see is that the Lakers go on and win it. And, you know, they hoist that trophy in honor of uh, Kobe Bryant, which is not a narrative I want to shut down at all. Cause I, I uh, speaking of generational talents, Kobe yeah. Bryant, I think that'd be a great way to remember him, but I don't want that to be the sole reason that the Lakers win. Yeah, well, and I would, if that makes sense, I should say. Yes, and I will say this too: if the Heat end up gutting this thing out and pulling it out, that's an equally, I think, honor Kobe to honor Kobe because that's the Mamba mentality. That is absolutely. And Alex, when he was on, he talked about that too. The the Heat are playing with that Mamba mentality right now. Mm-hmm. I I'm really pulling for those Heat to win, not just because of the jerseys, but that wouldn't hurt. And now that I've talked about the merits of the Heat and made Alex happy. Let's talk about the NFL so I can make Alex unhappy. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll just jump right into your favorite segment that you've come up with here. Yeah. Upset games and upsetting games. And let's jump right into that upsetting game because I cannot believe it happened. 
Jared, I, I know I don't even have to ask because I'm sure we're on the same page. But my upsetting game of the week is uh, the, the tie with the Eagles. And I just, Eagles fans and the Eagles organization, what are you guys doing? Yes, I know you're injured. Yes, I know you've got some bad breaks right now. But have you not overcome adversity before? Is that not how you won your Super Bowl a few years back? What baffled me most, as I think it did a lot of people, especially Eagles fans, is how on earth do you settle for a tie like that? I know. Because they, I don't know how good of a chance, but they had a chance to at least try and win at the end. And you have a fourth and seven set up at Cincinnati's 41. That's a 58-yard field goal. And then a false start penalty pushes you back five yards. Sorry to interrupt, but that's one thing that I, I was so appalled by was the penalties. The Eagles had 11 penalties for 93 yards. They lost 93 yards on penalties. Eagles, are you a team that wants to go to the playoffs, that wants to go to the Super Bowl? Because if you are, you're not showing it right now. Well, and quite frankly, the Eagles are just, pardon my French, damn lucky that they play in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. which is still wide open after three weeks because it's an atrocious division. You have a chance to win in the waning seconds of overtime. And I know Doug Peterson is an aggressive play caller. We all saw it in the Super Bowl with the Philly special. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. tell me he's afraid of taking chances. So Doug Peterson, why punt? Why punt with 19 seconds left and settle for a basically guaranteed tie you know I saw someone on Twitter say when the Eagles punted that they deserve to have Cincinnati run this thing back for a touchdown and I couldn't have agreed more you're just you're waving the white flag when you do that try and win and if at worst you'll still probably end up with the tie and and let's remember that if you want to send Jake Elliott out there for a long field goal his career long is 61 yards he did it as a rookie so it's not like the moment would be too much for him there I just, I don't get it. Yes, this was my upsetting game too. I find it kind of ironic that our last two guests on the podcast were fans of these two teams. I would love to be able to talk to either of them now. I actually haven't yet since this. Go ahead. Before you, I think you have a question for me. I have a question for you. Are you more upset though with the Bengals or the Eagles in this situation? 100% the Eagles. Me too. You're at home. You're the team that was supposed to win anyway. You, You gave up. I'm sorry but you gave up at the end and I I feel like the Eagles and the Eagles fans feel like you guys are wallowing in your own misfortune. And I I have the same thing to say to Denver as well. And I know that's going to make Denver fans mad, but you have all these injuries and you're just like, well, we're not winning because of our injuries. That's, that's a terrible mentality to have. You should be like, we have injuries, but we are a strong team we can overcome. Okay, well, yeah, to, into that, I would say look at the San Francisco 49ers who played yeah. without nine of their starters and then whooped the New York Giants. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's – and I get it. Injuries do make a difference, but my goodness, that game deserved a tie. And here's another fun piece of history for you. Uh, the Eagles and Bengals have tied before, actually. Oh, really? They tied back in 2008. Now, these aren't two teams that play each other very much. They tied – that game was 13-13. to I believe, if I remember correctly, Donovan McNabb of the Eagles admitted after the game that he didn't know a game could end in a tie in the regular season. (laughs) Now, that brings up a whole other debate on whether or not we think that regular season NFL games should end in a tie or should you just let them play until someone's a winner – like we do in the playoffs. I personally would prefer the latter because I've seen my team tie and it's an awful experience and you don't know how to feel much like Eagles fans should be right now. I was very mad at the Seahawks when they tied the Cardinals back in 2016 or whenever it was Mm -hmm. Uh, atrocious Sunday night football game. Kickers couldn't hit the broad side of a barn and the game deserved to be a tie. It was a tie. You know, most games in the NFL that end as a tie, deserve it and this one definitely did and Eagles fans I'm you should be extremely frustrated with your team right now I will say I feel I feel like Carson Wentz does deserve a little bit of praise I've said before I like Carson Wentz I really I really do but I feel like he was and I don't even want to necessarily say he was a bright spot because he did throw two interceptions but he did 
try to keep drives alive and did keep them to go into overtime. Even Carson Wentz, I, I, I struggle to say anything because he had two interceptions. Yeah. It, Joe Burrow had zero. The question, at least in my mind, is starting to rise. Um, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, and maybe sooner rather than later, it's time to give the kid a look. It was a baffling, baffling thing, and I knew the minute it happened that uh, that was going to be my upsetting game of the week because I know how upsetting a tie is, and it should be even made more so when your team uh, basically just folds over at the end like that. Eagles fans, I'm sorry, but unless you fix a lot of things really quickly, I don't see the postseason in your future. You know, I guess Eagles fan, if you can take any solace in this, two things. First off, you're not Falcons fans. And second off, <laughs> second off, who knows? Maybe a tie and a half a game to your record will be enough to get you that NFC East title this year. I so, mean, mediocrity was enough to get them into the playoffs last year. You know, I said it on our NFL predictions episode that I think the Eagles are going to win that division at 7-9. and nine, And I did not stutter. 7-9 and nine, losing record. Okay, maybe seven, eight, and one now. It's awful, ugly. awful division. I want to quit talking about it. I want to get out of it. Let's talk about our upset games. Yeah, I'll let you lead this one off. So my upset game this week was the Detroit Lions beating the Arizona Cardinals. As a Seahawks fan, I loved it. But as someone who really likes Kyler Murray, who is really kind of excited and horrified about what that Cardinals team is building over there, it was just an off day. Kyler Murray didn't look good. He went 23-35 passing, and he threw three interceptions compared to only two touchdowns. You know, give credit to the Lions. They're a team that when they play the Cardinals, speaking of ties, I believe it was last year they tied the Cardinals. They know how to play this group, and Matthew, or Matthew Stafford looked pretty solid, I thought. Two touchdowns. He spread the ball out to nine different receivers in that game. And this is a really big loss for Arizona because – Uh, You had a chance, A, to make up a little ground on the Rams, who lost a tight one to Buffalo. And Seattle and San Francisco both won this week. It was a good opportunity to make a little noise in the division that it's going to be a tight race all season. And to lose Mm -hmm. that, that might hurt down the road. I was also pretty surprised by that game. As talented as Matt Stafford is, there's a myriad of other problems going on in Detroit that I don't have the – desire to get into right now i think ultimately the cardinals are a better team oh yeah i'm very surprised they went in there and i feel like they dropped the ball that should have been something in their grasp i usually don't like using this word but i will use it here it was a fluke Uh, i think if they played him again you would see a different result but you know i would again i was happy i always like to see a division team lose even if it's one that i don't necessarily hate you got to think of your team first you got to think of those standings and like i said that could be a huge game down the road now absolutely absolutely speaking of standings buccaneers number 1 in the division i'm so happy i feel 3 and 0 seahawks number 1 in the west let's go baby it was a great feeling i've i don't know why i've watched the I've been really keying on the Saints right now because the Saints are probably our our toughest competition in the division. It's especially not the Falcons right now. <laughs> um, I want to come back to the Falcons here in a second, but Green Bay got it done against the Saints. Aaron Rodgers is still playing. Whew, I don't even know what to call it. It it's premium Aaron Rodgers football. Yeah, it's uh, you shouldn't have drafted Jordan Love football. It's like that ex girlfriend that gets real dulled up and walks past you after like this is what you're missing. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And uh, again, my Super Bowl pick this year, Green Bay versus Baltimore. It's looking pretty yeah. hot right now. If Aaron Rodgers keeps his hot hand, I, I just love watching premium Aaron Rodgers. All I could say, I wish I was still watching throw to Jordy Nelson. Cause that was just a beautiful connection every time, but let's, can we talk about the Falcons? Not because they're in the Buccaneers division. Not because I just – I don't like the Falcons, but what are they doing right now? I, I don't know. I don't think anyone does. I know that Dan Quinn now finds himself on the hot seat, and if they don't turn it around real quick, he's going to be gone in Atlanta. You know, no team has ever lost or blown fourth-quarter leads of at least 15 points twice in the same season, and the Falcons just did it in back-to-back weeks. I, I got to hand it to Nick Foles. He came in there, and he got that done. 
in in just the fourth quarter, he he caught up that lead and won them the game. You want to talk about an ex girlfriend that gets all dolled up and struts past? That's what Nick Foles yeah. just did to the Eagles. If Nick Foles can keep up that kind of play, I think he I think he keeps that starter job in Chicago. Oh yeah, well Matt Nagy's already said right now for the time being he is the new starter. It's not a week to week thing. He said this is Nick's job for now. Before we get back onto the Falcons, do you think Chicago's finally realized that Trubisky is not going to develop any more than he already has? I mean, he got benched in the first quarter. I think he was on a pretty short leash going down there, and they didn't like what they were seeing from him. They yanked him. Nick came in and did exactly what he needed to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that this might be the end of the Trubisky era in Chicago. What a unique three years it was. Trubisky is, is okay, but I feel like he's, I don't, I think he's going to have a tough time getting a starter job for a long time. It's going to, you know, there'll be a team desperate enough. The Jets, maybe let's not get into that whole hotbed, but. uh, I do want to come back to the Jets here in a minute, but um, anyway, the Falcons are yeah. Yeah. Let's get to your upset game though before we get on to the Jets. I think it was kind of an upset game by the way it started. I I did think the Falcons would win this this game. So this and is your upset game? I I it is. In in going into it, it was it kind of became an upset game as it developed because the Falcons had such a commanding lead and the Bears offense was just faltering so much. I I thought the Falcons had it in the bag and then they they lost it. They, as uh, the guy says in Mulan, they let it slip right through my fingers. But I, I was just appalled. I can't, I can't believe it. Any, any of us who, or any of you who follow us on Twitter know that we started a thread called Browns Moments 2020, <laughs> where every week we found something they've done, even though the fact that they're two and one, there's always a Browns moment. We need to start a new thread called Atlanta Falcons leads and, and the scoreboards from each of the leads they've had, because Good Lord, you want to throw these in with the Super Bowl? And this is, ugh, I just can't. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Falcons fans, I don't know how you do it. You've got more heart and more strength than me. Dan Quinn should be really feeling the, the heat. The right heat now. on his seat. And if you want to talk about the Jets, another coach that should be feeling the heat on his seat is uh, Adam Gase. Why is he still the yeah. coach? I want to well, ask. Depending on uh, how much stock you put into the reports coming out, when this comes out, it might be his last day coaching in New York. Because what I've read is that if he loses Thursday night football, he's out of there. Yeah, I've heard that too, that they're going to really put him under the microscope on Thursday night against Denver. And I think Denver's going to win that game, quite frankly. He he should have been out of there. I hope they do. I hope they do too. He should have been out of there a long time ago. The Jets are the worst team in football. I would not be surprised if they went 0-16 this year after how they performed against Indianapolis. I just, Mm -hmm. that's another fan base that I just don't know how they do it as Jets fans. Yeah. I got to say, I, I feel for Sam Darnold because I feel like he is better than he should be better than what he is right now. And I think his, his development has been hindered by the coaching staff, by the, the organization of the jets. Yes. It's a um, place where careers go to die. Yes. He's been put in a bad situation. Him coming to the jets was one of the first beacons of hope. I think in a long time, you know, you, you hear a lot of fans saying like, Oh, we got Sam Darnold. He's an improvement at quarterback. They talked about Jamal Adams being talented on the other side of the ball. You know, the Jets were actually having some fun football games. Adam Gase has just let it slip. Is not a good coach. Him and Bill O'Brien should have their coaching jobs taken away, and they should be out of their respective organizations. Uh, The Jets are – I won't put the Texans on that level because the Texans have had a – the Texans are not on the Jets level, but the coaches yes. are on similar alert lists for me. Uh-huh. And the Texans have had such a brutal start to their season. It's no wonder they're 0-3. But the I, Jets are – the Jets are, after tonight, the night uh, this airs, uh, Jets are probably going to be 0-4. And, yeah, Adam Gay should be out the door. That's, I guess, all we have to say about the Jets. It's a terrible situation down there. Real quick, last thing we should touch on, speaking of the NFL, is some news that came out on Tuesday could have some far-reaching implications down mm-hmm. the road. Uh, the Tennessee Titans had a mini COVID outbreak within their organization. What I read is that the NFL has 
suspended activities for both the Titans and the Minnesota Vikings, who the Titans just played. Yep. Um, three Titans players at the time of recording this have been put on the COVID list. That'd be defensive tackle Daquan Jones, long snapper Bo Brinkley, and tight end Tommy Hudson. So not exactly marquee names, but still very has a chance to be very impactful depending on how the rest of this comes out. And I don't know what this is going to necessarily mean for Tennessee's upcoming game with Pittsburgh or Minnesota's upcoming game at Houston. But this is kind of the first little bit of COVID rearing its ugly head in the NFL that we've seen. During the regular season, at least. During Um, the regular season, yes. I will say, um, besides the players, there's also been some coaching staff. Maybe you did say that, actually. And I just... I didn't, know. Um, there has been some coaching staff on the Titans that have tested positive as well. My bet right now, <clears throat> since this has already come out on Tuesday, they're, they're going to test the entire organizations, obviously. If, if it's widespreading, I bet both of their, their games get suspended, pushed to a different time, probably during their bye weeks. But I, I bet we see maybe a lack of football from those two teams. Um, which I think is probably the the smart choice for the NFL, so they don't risk letting letting it spread. Yeah, well, and the thing with the bye weeks thing is, is that will only work if the bye week thing aligns up for both teams. That's so, true. You know, they might have to cram this in on a a weird like Wednesday night. <laughs> I don't know when they would fit one in if they have to make yeah. it up. But it's, uh, it's going to be some scheduling scheduling nightmare for somebody. Let's hope it doesn't come to that, but. That's uh, some potentially big news out of Tennessee. I would, I would hate to see the season end on something like this. Just a COVID outbreak yeah. that has spread amongst the league. Yeah, because it's been an exciting season in the first few weeks here. For I know both of our teams, and actually for the Titans too, who are 3-0 and right now. Yeah, uh, it's good for Mike Grable. He's done good things with the Titans. Yeah, they've won some nail biters, and uh, it's been a – it's been a roller coaster, but they are three and zero, and let's just hope that this doesn't derail that. It'll be interesting to see how this this situation plays out. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it closely, as I'm sure football fans across the country will. Let's just hope for the best. Yep, watch our Twitter account. Uh, we'll probably be tweeting about it when it happens. Actually, watch Adam Schefter's Twitter account, and then ours will soon follow with his update. Yep, ours will soon regurgitate what he had to say. Yeah, as per Adam Schefter's report. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be real professional about it though. Well, that's a, a jam-packed episode with everything from baseball to hockey to football to COVID to basketball. It's it's been a busy, busy week in sports. It's, I can't believe this all is crammed in between our recording days, honestly. It's crazy, but we love it. We love sports. We're so glad it's back in full swing right now. Let's hope it stays that way. We're sorry if this episode runs a little long on you guys. We had so much to talk about. As you can tell, we had no guests this week because Justin and I knew that uh, between the two of us alone, we'd probably run a little long. So adding yeah, a- and I, I didn't even get to go off on on talking about the Broncos or how the Buccaneers are doing. We could have gone even longer. I know, Jared, you could have talked about the – you could have really talked about that Cowboys-Seahawks game, I bet. You know, I could have. I will just say this. Russ is the MVP so far. I will fight anyone who tells me otherwise. I'm excited to be 3-0. I know you're excited for another Tampa Bay win. Most of all, though, everyone, we're excited that you tuned in for another episode of the Expansion Buddies. We appreciate you guys listening to our, what are we, up to 15 followers now on Spotify? I believe we are. We are. We appreciate every single one of you. We do, and we appreciate even the ones of you who haven't discovered us yet. You'll listen back someday, you'll find this one, and we're talking about you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, everybody, we are out of time again for this one. Thanks again for tuning in. Episode 10 already. It's crazy. I can't believe it. We hit double digits. We've had a blast doing it. We're going to continue to have a blast doing it. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. You can find us there. You can find us on Twitter at the expansion BU1. We publish every Thursday morning. We'll have a new episode out for you. Jared, before we end though, did you see the Get Back Guys news about their publishing schedule? Yeah. So our buddies over at the Get Back Guys, uh, they normally used to uh, publish on Saturdays. They bumped it up to Thursdays now. They like to follow the example set by us is how we'll say that 
So yep. if so it is... You guys have some good choices for sports podcasts on Thursdays. You do. You can listen to us, cue us up for an hour, and then cue those guys up for another hour. They're great. Uh, even though we like to rib them a little bit, we get in Twitter wars with them. We love it. We would appreciate it if you gave those guys a listen too. I can't tell you how much we, we love those get back guys. They are a great crew, quality podcast. Give them a listen if you haven't already. You've heard some of them on our podcast before. Yep, and you'll be sure to hear more in the future. All right, Justin, I think that wraps it for this one. Uh, it does indeed, Jared. Thanks for listening, everybody. And always remember, party like it's 1976.